Welcome to Roll Call. Welcome to the Roll Call, everybody. I'm Adam Cushman. I'm Raul S. Julia. All right. Our guest today is a guy by the name of Oscar McFarlane. He's a really, really uh, good guy that I met. Oscar was an attendee of um, a very well-known workshop for actors that went on for about two weeks in L.A. in 2001, most notably because it was taught by the great Marlon Brando. Among the attendees were actors like Sean Penn and Edward James Olmos, Robin Williams, um, Whoopi Goldberg, Michael Jackson, and, and the list, I'm sure, goes on. However, it has been a matter of secrecy for a long time. You know, the tapes were never really released, so no one knows beyond a few of the stories that have come out in, in like, the Hollywood Reporter article, really what went on and what he taught them. Marlon Brando. One of the greatest actors of all time. Yeah, he's credited with creating uh, sort of or influencing a naturalistic style of acting that's very uh, popular even today in film and TV. The naturalistic style, everybody, if you hear someone talk about the method, the name Marlon Brando is not too far behind that. He made a lot of, lot of famous movies, um, <clears throat> namely Streetcar Named Desire. The Godfather, Superman, Superman. He played Superman's dad in that. Our friend Oscar was not a, a participant in the class. He was a PA. He has a uh, more sort of ancillary knowledge of uh, what went on, but he still had some pretty, pretty good uh, stories and pretty fun things to say. I have a tooth. I'm getting a root canal tomorrow. I was kind of hoping we would record this after because I would have a <laughs> yeah, cotton the in my mouth. The cotton. Then I would have sounded like Brando. I suddenly forget all of my quotable Brando lines. I swallowed a bug. A director, a famous director from... Uh, the group theater, Harold Klerman, he wrote an article about Brando uh, kind of at the height of his popularity in the 60s or you know, early 60s. Everybody wanted to be Brando. Everybody wanted what Brando had, this charisma, this quality you couldn't describe. And Harold Klerman wrote this article, which basically was saying like, guys, it's not the method. It's not the Stanislavski technique that gives you that quality he had that shit already <laughs> like, that was just him Naturally, like yeah. he had that a, a generation definitely just held him to a high extent yes which and what's interesting is that generation is older now like the you know de niro pacino yeah chris walken that's the i think that was the generation yeah we had that was hit super hard with right. the brando Brando fever, I'm calling it. I'm going to call it Brando fever. Very original. Uh, <laughs> well, that was kind of the remark that they made after um, after Brando passed away. It was like Penn, Walk, and De Niro, Pacino. It was like, y'all just moved up a notch. Yeah. Overnight. I think it's like what our teacher, Jack Walzer, says. That's very true for, for me, is that the great actors have this naturally. They use their real thoughts. They personalize just automatically. They don't need to be taught how to do that. Uh, but... The technique that they use to be great can be taught. 
to a serious student of the craft. My question is like, is, is it as serious? Is it taken as seriously as it was in the, the previous generation? Or are they simply, and I don't know if there's one answer to this, are they simply just waiting for the result? You know, waiting for the, the, the paycheck or the work or, you know, just to do really well in their cold read, whatever it is, you know, hopefully it's both. So there were like phases to Rando's career. He was a young actor, movie star, did very well. Then he had this like long phase where he was very um, eccentric and became sort of a, a character in Hollywood. Then his later phase was more reclusive uh, Hollywood uh, legend in the hills. So he's doing this episode with Dick Cavett. He's in his 50s, I think. And he had just done Last Tango in Paris. Very controversial movie, very explicit. A lot of people thought it was obscene. Um, I think it's a, it's a great movie. There are stories to suggest that he, you know, which you know, speculation, but there are stories that uh, the director of Last Tango in Paris kind of pushed Brando to be in the scenes more as himself than like um, a character. Which Brando was sort of known, it seemed like he was doing that in a lot of his earlier work. Apparently it pushed him real hard. And uh, if you've seen Last Tango, there's a scene where he's uh, sitting next to his dead wife at her wake. And he's, he has this whole monologue. Apparently a lot of that was improvised. You know, I wonder how much of that process, you know, that difficult process he was bringing to his idea of acting. You ever do that speech? Fake Ophelia drowned in a bathtub? No, I've never done it. I know you have. You did in it in an acting class. class. That's awesome. Adam That's a bitch. Last wow. Time. It's a rough monologue, man. Yeah. You're walking around with that shit for weeks. Right. And it's not, none of it's particularly pleasant. Right. Yeah. Oh, and you're talking stuff. to a corpse. Uh-huh. But you have to bounce off the corpse. So he's doing this episode with Dick Cavett and this interview and he starts, Dick Cavett's asking him about his movies, about, and he doesn't want to talk about his movies because he just sent a, a friend of his who's a Native American to the Oscars to accept his, his Oscar form. This is a famous event that happened. She started talking about the injustices done to American Indians and people weren't, weren't a big fan of that. So he wants to talk about, you know, the the plight of the American Indians on on Dick Cavett, but Dick Cavett keeps asking these questions about movies. And Brando's like very present and very quiet, and he's just kind of looking at Dick Cavett, and then he starts talking about how he's like, you know, Dick, I have to, uh, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> thank you for for what you do because you, you know, you it's very hard to. Uh, to be entertaining and also um, talk about serious issues. And what he's saying is Dick Cavett like has to tread this line talking about the juicy stuff, the gossip, the, the controversies people want to hear about that all surround, you know, famous people. Hollywood. Um, and he has to balance that with like what they want to talk about. And so now I'm, I'm feeling like, we have to do the same thing. Like we're, we're not here to gossip about celebrities. You know, we want to know about 
what happened in the what happened in the class because as actors, you know, it's interesting. It's a very it's an uncommon event when one of when one of these guys, such a legend, uh, decides he wants to do a class. I think that's why so, most people are interested anyway. I mean, actors. Yeah, it's legendary. Actors, you know, hopefully Brando, uh, wherever he is, <laughs> he died in two thousand and four, right? I think so. Yeah. So, but hopefully, this is an episode uh, Brando could, you know. Excuse be me. cool with because we're not here to just talk about uh to tell stories out of class even though i guess that's exactly what we're doing but um you know but i think that's why there's been such a among the acting community a desire to see the tapes released or Absolutely. the recordings because of the, the knowledge that he has about craft yeah, and his right. spin on it yeah however crazy it was there was some good stuff in there you know yeah for yeah. sure i have to preface it i it was a two week class Monday through Friday, yeah. one week, and then the following week, Monday through Friday. I don't think I saw Leonardo DiCaprio. I think I saw Robin Williams. Right. Uh, I didn't right. see Sean Penn. Uh, I don't even remember the guy's name. I met this guy, uh, red-haired guy, probably at UCLA. I don't even remember the function wherever I met him, but we started talking. He asked me what I do, and I said, I just graduated UCLA, MFA, and it was 2001, and, um, you know, doing the struggling actor thing, uh, trying to get any job I could, PA work, pr production assistant, personal assistant, um, craft service, uh, security, oh, and just about anything. Yeah. And plus auditioning for acting work. And he's, he said that he's a personal assistant to Tony K. I have the director's name right there. Tony K, director Tony K. of American History X. Uh, so I, I got talking, talking to this guy around a Friday. And he said, do you want to be a production assistant on Monday on this job? I was like, with Marlon Brando, an acting class? Absolutely. So, so uh, yeah, that's where it went. So that's how you got the job. That's how I got the and job. Did you have to like interview for it? Or? No, he was just like, oh, you go to, I think we met at UCLA. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I was a student there and, and so, uh, and so he kind of just trusted that and said, okay, you want to be a PA on this? And I was right. like, for sure. So yeah. I'll be there on Monday. That's interesting that you say that, that it had already been going on for a week because I've read a few articles, I've read about it. The one you suggested was very informative. Apparently Tony K left after like the first few days, right? Right. So, which is why I don't think I met Tony K. I think it right. was his crew and his assistant was definitely there. Oh, so they so, kind of stayed on after him, right. but he was no longer involved. He was not. I, see. I, did not, I don't think I met him. Cool. Cool. By the way, the uh, the studio is still there. It was, I think, it was called Ben Cate Studios okay. at the time. Now it's called BLT Studios. It's on uh, Eleanor Avenue and Lillian Way. It's in. It's right down the street in Hollywood. Um, a small kind of warehouse, kind of fledgling studio. It wasn't really set up completely. Um, and so I showed up bright and early. I think it was a seven a.m. call on a Monday. And so I got a walkie talkie. They said, just stick around, whatever we need you to do, just be ready to do something. There was probably a morning meeting and then we're just waiting for Brando to show up. He showed up in a limousine in, in a blazer and, you know, he looked pretty cool, you know. So he shows up. Yeah. The, the, all the students are there. By the way, um, I don't know what students Tony K had the first 
week. Yeah. We had Meisner students. These were all from some class. They were all taking Meisner where there's a lot of repetition and they were continuing that with their, with their scenes where they would say a line, say the line over again. So I'm like, you don't know me. You don't know me. So these were students that were already pre, who had worked together for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So he was, he was doing his, he was kind of just overseeing this class that had already been going on. I think so. Yeah. This Meisner class. So did you get to meet him at absolutely. any point? Oh, yeah, wow. absolutely. You know, hi, good morning. Morning, Miss Brando. <laughs> stuff like that. And you really quick stuff and, oh, step this way or here's craft service or whatever. Nice. You know, it was kind of just the PA stuff. No chummy, you know, how sure. you doing? Right. <laughs> you know, I wasn't at that level, you know, and there were, yeah. So we'd come in. And there were already some celebrities there. I, I think I even jotted down names. I think I met like eight of them, which four of them I can remember clearly. Like there was Whoopi Goldberg. She came in, uh, Michael Jackson, uh, Edward James Olmos, and uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Those, those four really, I mean, what they were talking about really stood out to me. Uh, so he would have his celebrity friends either on stage with him, sitting next to him on, they set up a little platform. Uh, a chair and uh, he can just kind of talk to him about, about acting. Uh, Michael Jackson, he wanted to be in the, uh, with the students. So he kind of, Marlon Brando's up on the platform and he's sitting out. And so Marlon would question Michael Jackson about his acting style. And, and Michael who was very humble and very shy, very, you know, sweet talking. He, he kind of, uh, I don't do much acting, but Marlon was like, yeah, you do. You were in the whiz and the music videos you do bad with Scorsese and, um, yeah, you, you're an actor, you know? And so he kind of, okay, I, mean, I do some acting. So. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Cause, cause Brando, this again, from the Dick Cavett interview, and I, he repeated it in countless interviews. I think he, he really believed that like people were acting all the time in their lives. Like he didn't think there was a line between the acting you do. Certainly makes sense for him as an actor because he's known for, I mean, the acting you see on TV nowadays, the acting you see in films owes a lot to his style of acting. And a few others who, you know, James Dean, Montgomery Cliff, they popularized a more naturalistic style of mm -hmm. acting. Yeah. Also, I think the name of the class was lying for a living, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you walked in to the situation a weekend, a weekend. Week the so there was other stuff going on, which I had no idea about. Um, for years afterward, I was, would look for information about the class and it kind of was buried. Take uh, us through your, your first impressions. What was going on the day when you started? Oh, it was okay. So it was very interesting where Brando would have these conversations with celebrities in the morning. Whoopi Goldberg showed up uh, with her daughter and, and they actually didn't have a conversation about acting. They were neighbors. They were backyard neighbors. And one day Whoopi heard piano playing in her house and she was playing the piano. She had a piano that nobody played and her sliding glass door was open and there was Marlon Brando on the piano. Just, he just <laughs> made his way inside of her house and started playing piano and that's how they met. And, uh, and they were just really, you could see they really liked each other. It was really nice. 
Harry Dean Stanton, he uh, he definitely went through his career and talked about how um, he approached each character, you know. Oh, cool. Uh, and yeah, he, he was, was a great actor. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Mean. I'm a huge fan of Aliens. So just to be in his presence and him talking about working yeah. with, uh, you know, special effects and so forth and, and Alien, I thought was amazing. Edward James Olmos was among the uh, acting students. And so, and he also spoke. I'll never forget what he said. He was very much like, um, he doesn't like actors that are just so predictable or so, you know, so measured. He likes actors that go all over the place, you know, with the role and, and, and every scene is a surprise. And so that always stuck with me how he, it was kind of like jazz. He liked actors that were just dynamic and just always alive and ready to go, go all over the place. And so that mm. always stuck with me. After talking to celebrities, took a lunch break for an hour, and then we came back and then the acting students got up and did their scenes. And there was a lot of Meisner work, a lot of repetition. When I was there and what I observed with the acting students, it wasn't really crazy. He didn't ask them to do anything outlandish. The previous week was some crazy direction and crazy acting. And he was always about using yourself, you know, use your name. You know, even though you're playing a character, let's stick to your name for now. And so it made it very personal for, for the actors. That was interesting. Were the non-working actors or the actors just starting out doing scenes with the notables? Was there integration like that or was it kind of no, divided? No, not that I observed, not during my two days there. They, they already knew each other and they were already working on scenes together from this Meisner class. So, um, no, not when I was there, I didn't see any like Whoopi Goldberg act with the students or, or so if they were just there for kind of like celebrity interviews, it was kind of like the actor studio, you know, right. where one person's interviewing another famous person. And was he, was Marlon teaching Meisner? Was no, that... he was teaching his own method. These yeah, were okay. just, they happened to be Meisner. Students. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I heard because a lot of the, the students that Tony K had brought in kind of left with him, they were like. Yeah, I'm gonna gonna take off. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, this is an event in Hollywood history that's pretty, uh, you know, doesn't happen very often. Uh, that like I haven't heard, you know, Brad Pitt hasn't taught an acting class that I know of. Shia LaBeouf teaches an acting class. Shia LaBeouf did teach an acting class. Did you attend? I heard no. no. I just That'd heard be... about it. I liked his Honey He's Boy. He's way ahead of Brad Pitt. Honey Boy, it? Oh, honey Boy was great. Enough yeah. people are talking about that. I know. I, I saw know. a screening with him and the director, Alma, I think her name is. Phenomenal. I loved it. It was really good. And really personalized and really ballsy. Yeah. Him, I thought. Brando would have liked yeah. him, yeah. I think. I agree. A I agree. lot. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf is great and he's way, <laughs> uh, way, way ahead of Brando an age as far as uh, teaching and acting class. So he's gotten, he's gotten that out of the way. Who knows what he'll do next? Maybe he'll do the, uh, the next big controversial uh, thing in Hollywood. Nice. Um, glad that guy's I think around. He's mellow. Yeah, me too. I'm really glad. Shia, we're really glad you're around. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so, <laughs> So what was, like, was this an, a catered affair? Was there catering? No. No? No. Everybody was, just got their own thing? Yeah, we kind of broke off. I don't remember it being uh, really um, 
like a high budget. It was everything seemed low budget about it. The location was kind of like a warehouse. The craft service was really you low know, budget. Low budget. He was trying to he was trying to save as much money as he could, probably, so he could you know. I did see his son. His son was highly involved behind the scenes, and there oh, were for real? there must have been like um, two, three, maybe four cameras. That were around, uh, hand, you know, handheld, kind wow. of shoulder held. So multiple cameras filming yeah, everything. Absolutely. This thing was filmed like crazy. Yes. This was like, so they're saying, I heard hundreds of hours of footage. Though so it's a two week class. So you figure, I mean, was it like a 10 hour a day class or? Mm -mm, no, uh, maybe three, four hours in the morning, an hour for lunch, and then maybe three or four more hours and that was it yeah we didn't have a i mean that's it but that's like day. a long that, class i mean right. adam and i have both been in classes they don't usually go longer than four hours right you know this was like an intensive were there like paparazzi around were there people who kind of found out no, about it that? was pretty yeah no no paparazzi. This was 2001. Uh, so it was way before social media, yeah. iPhones and so forth. So yeah, it was, I was surprised there was not a lot of uh, coverage of this. It was low key. Very low key, almost very term. secretive. Yeah. Wow. They did a good job of keeping it under wraps. Did you get a sense that any of the, like any of the notable actors or, or not were, were really learning from him? Were because these are people who a lot of them are very advanced in their careers. Some of them even won Oscars at that point or been nominated. Do you, did you get a sense that they were really learning from him, that they were learning new techniques? Absolutely. I felt like um, they were, everybody's in awe of Marlon Brando. Um, like I said, Edward, Edward James Olmos was among the students. And, uh, and yeah, he was observing, taking it all in. And Harry Dean Stanton answering the questions about his career, but very just like in awe of who's asking him. So there was a, a, a level of respect. You can feel it among the uh, students as well as the celebrities that were there. Yeah. Um, I feel like Harry Dean Stanton would not be nervous in front of anybody. Like <laughs> he, sir, I did meet him one time, which I think I've talked about on the, on the show already. He seemed to be the most relaxed guy, not, not the type of person who would be in awe of somebody or like nervous right. around a famous person. But with Brando, like if he was going to be nervous around anybody, probably would be Brando because all that generation, especially, I guess he was Brando's, around Brando's age, right? I think that's about right. So yeah. even though wow. they're like the same generation, but still it's Marlon Brando. <laughs> <laughs> so he, I mean, yeah, because he was like ninety when he died. When he was in his nineties when Harry he died. Dean? Yeah, yeah, he was well into his nineties. Ninety-three, yeah. ninety-four. Still Great smoking. Actor. Still smoking cigarettes yeah. every day. Yeah, and drinking. He used yeah. to go to Dan Tanis. Have you ever been to Dan Tanis? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have pasta. You eat pasta. I eat pasta. Yeah, yeah. They have big, big portions. You could eat that. <laughs> You could eat like four meals out of the pasta you get there. Perfect. You know, I know that even though I've never been there. Yelp. <laughs> Shout out to Yelp. I look at photographs of food from Dantana's on Yelp. That's what I do in my, you know, have a couple hours to kill. Um, <laughs> Brando probably was a fan. No, it's not, you know. 
<laughs> you don't want to make fun of a man's weight, but he was a he was pretty big at that time. Even he, at that time, I mean, yeah. Socially, I mean, in his he was big in uh, in stature and in uh, physically as well. <laughs> so let's level with America as as the story is told, as I recall it. I will bastardize it. Um, first day of the workshop, he came out, Brando, and performed something in drag-ish, and then there was a mooning involved. Yeah. So, I read about this years, Yeah, this is all in the Hollywood later. Reporter. I did not By the way, that. shout out Hollywood Reporter. Reporter. Yeah. Everyone read the Hollywood Reporter. We certainly have for this episode. <laughs> we can say, what do they care? They love it. It's free advertising. It's free advertising. It's free advertising for we them. should send them an invoice. We should. <laughs> Also, Dantanis. Uh, yeah. Go check it out. <laughs> Go try the pasta. We're going to make the steak. a lot of money with this episode. <laughs> I can feel it. I can just see Feel the sponsorship deals rolling in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> rolling in. Tell us, if you can, about anything. Um, you know, as an actor, you're observing the whole two days that you were there. Right. What were some of your takeaways craft-wise? Oh, craft-wise, definitely to use yourself. Uh, uh, as You know, there's this idea that you're playing a character. There's this person, he or she, you know. Um, and so he really made it about you. And he definitely had all the students use their names as opposed to their characters' names. This way they could relate to the character more and use themselves more. So he was all about... He was all about the method. He was all about getting into using your experiences and your memories and your, you know, sensations and all Personalizing. that. Right. Personalizing. It was a very Stella Adler thing that he probably very. learned. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Where were you as an actor before you got to sit, you know, you there for these classes and listen to him? And like, where were you kind of after still, you got to? Still uh, just uh, doing all the plays that I could in college, auditioning for everything, getting roles, exploring all different types of characters. I love doing characters that uh, weren't like me, but older or from some other country, or I would always play these, these different characters as opposed to playing myself. But with Marlon Brando's teaching and with the stuff I learned at UCLA and FIU and so forth, um, it was all about personalizing as if I was this person. Ah, the as right. if. The as yeah. if. The right. as if. That's uh -huh. a good, <laughs> that's a good tool, uh -huh. you know, for an actor to know. Uh, that's when people don't know. You just like, you're in a scene where uh, you've lost your job and you're upset about it, but maybe you've never lost a job before. I mean, that's not likely. Uh, I certainly have, but... <laughs> You know, like if you can't relate to the thing you need to be playing emotionally, you do a substitution. You do it as if something else happened in your life that makes you upset. And then the emotion comes from that. Just so everybody knows, sometimes when you're watching a TV show, you might see a guy crying about his, you know, his dead dog in the show, but what he's really crying about is, you know, that they did, they ran out of scones at his favorite <laughs> coffee shop that morning or something. That's reasonable. Yeah. It's a reasonable, it works <laughs> for you, him. Whatever gets you there. It works for him. The dog doesn't work for him. Maybe he didn't own a dog, but he really loves guy scones. Likes scones. What do you guy mean? loves scones. He <laughs> likes scones. I don't, I don't really them. like scones. They're I'm, too I'm dry. Not, yeah. I'm not Agreed. that against them. I'm more of a croissant guy. There you go. 
So, yeah. So that's cool. You were, you were, you got a lot out of that. Of hearing I did. The personalization aspect. The ads. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like anybody around Rando being around he's talking yeah. about acting is going to get something out Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I certainly did. Yeah. yeah that's very cool. Yeah. Hired for the whole week. And then. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> so wait. So you were hired for the whole. Yeah, week. you said two days. I two was like, days. It was "Whoa, five days!" Speaking of losing <laughs> jobs, no, like what happened? With I got a call early the next day saying, "Don't come in, the classes are canceled." And so I was like, "What?" And like I said, I was a struggling actor, needed any job I could have, and I was so yeah. excited I was gonna be there for the whole week, getting paid, and yeah, no more work. And I was like, "Okay, uh, hopefully." I'll get to see this somewhere. And that was buried. So the class was, I mean, all this, everything about it. Nobody, yeah, knew anything, if it was coming out or anything or. So classes got canceled. So basically it was supposed to be two weeks, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It was. They canceled days. it after what? 10 days or so. I think they, they did one week and they were supposed to do an, I don't know if they did a full 10 days actually. I mean, that's, that's probably, uh, incorrect in all the articles I've read. Uh, I think they only did seven days. So it was five days the previous week and then the two days and then it was done. And I don't know if it was, I thought, I assumed it was money budget, something like that. Money. Apparently Brando's health wasn't great at the time either. Is there anything that happened at the end that would have precipitated cancellation not that i know of uh no not that i know i've lowest guy in the totem pole so um i didn't i don't know what happened i was just kind of like oh man i was <laughs> it was uh, relying on this job for you know for some for some cash so yeah man that's nothing like, so that sucks. in your opinion why do you think they they don't want to release the the footage like i said over the years i try to look up what happened. And according to the Hollywood Reporter article that it was just, it was probably eccentric. A lot of the stuff that happened the first week and, you know, his, uh, he's a respected actor. And so who's ever taken care of his, his legacy, um, doesn't want those released for, you know, kind of strange stuff that we do in acting classes, I guess. Um, that's what the article said. And so I'm, I'm, you know, I guess that's what happened. I never observed anything when I was there that was really crazy. So I want to see what well, the stuff, the footage that I was there, I would love to see that footage at least. Yeah. Well, and there might then, be stuff that people don't really want to be out there in right. the public. You know? Right. There might be, this might be a, uh, a real controversial tape if it was if it was released absolutely i feel like the fact that he knew it was being filmed you know maybe maybe would kind of check behavior and uh, but you know maybe he uh <laughs> i mean 2000 compared to nowadays right very different time very mm -hmm. different time people probably thought they could say and do things i mean i heard it's a it's all in the Hollywood Reporter article, everyone. Go <laughs> read it. Go read the article. Tony Case showed up dressed as Osama bin Laden. That kind of wouldn't fly nowadays, probably, uh, to be on film or... Uh, oh, now I think it would fly. Today? I think so. Oh, that, that he's dead. That's over. <laughs> we got but him. This is fresh. We got right. Exactly. A couple months after 9-11. That's, yeah. that's kind of shocking, I think. It's <laughs> Yeah. And it's messed I, up. People, 
Uh-huh. People wouldn't I, be I happy get what you're that. saying. I mean, because like there's certainly, you know, I would say most things that I've done in an acting class and that my friends have done, probably we wouldn't want others to see that right. footage or even be filmed for that matter. But I think like even if it's like the notes or the or the transcription or stuff, his feedback or whatever craft he's giving you, like that's, I think, the really right. valuable that's the, shit. That's, that's what the, the actors want. The, yeah. You know, because there's so many Brando moments where you, you watch now and it's like, how the fuck did you do that? Get how did there. you think of that? Like, you know, we always talk about the scene in, in uh, the Godfather one when he's in the office and uh, the guy has come in and Bonacera and he's asked him to whack the guy that assaulted his daughter. And the guy walks out and he's, he, and Brando sniffs his flower. He goes like, we're not murderers. And he sniffs his flower, which is such an ungangster thing to do. You know, it's like the last thing you would think like a mafia Don would do. And like choices like that, that he makes in his career, you wonder like, how did you think of that? Like, where does that come from? Is And how do you teach that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It'd be really cool if they released the footage. Well, you know, one day, one yeah. day. Well, they have Maybe. to, right? One day. Cause the guy who has it now is going to, going to pass it on to somebody and right. maybe they'll eventually, you know, 50 years <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Maybe they'll be like, yeah, nobody cares. No, like nobody's alive who was there anymore. Nobody cares about it. We can just release it. And um, it's, I mean, it's, it, as long as it's there, it's going to get released at some point, right? I hope so. Unless it gets destroyed, which we hope it, it does doesn't. not. <laughs> yeah. Don't destroy it. <laughs> Please, Mr. Metavoy, yeah. do not destroy the footage. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks yeah, for, man. thanks for sharing. Man. If they, yeah. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah. Thank you. Hopefully this gets the uh, footage released and maybe other people want to talk about their experiences, uh, in those classes. Let's you know? get it out there. Yeah. Hashtag release the tapes. Hashtag release. Hashtag Marlon Brando acting class. Hashtag release the tapes. tapes. All right. <laughs> Let's get something going on. Well, all of you people out there. All the money we make today from the Hollywood Reporter. Yep. And, uh, Dan <laughs> no, we can probably finance we're gonna a campaign get, of some kind. Totally. We're going to get. That's very good. Bringing it full circle. What I do. 